Good evening and welcome to episode 84 of So What's Been Happening, the big retro round. We're flashing back to the 80s. Um, we're going to do a few of these flashbacks from the 80s and uh, dug out the old the old classic retro um, look for the for tonight. So um, calling back to uh, where we were this time last year. Wasn't too long ago, but sadly, we're not there this year. But here we go, a little bit from last year. They need the next one or the one after even. Two out of the three. Oliver, here they come. Petrarca, Longo, Fritz over the back. Recovers and goals. He kicks it. Fritz has got four. Crowd's gone mad. Down by seven. Glacier able to pick it up. He too was sloppy. Petrarca tries to turn his man inside out. Got it back to Brayshaw. Johansson closes. Dogs did well. Bowie flicks it over the top. Angus Brayshaw back with the flight. Big moment here. Oh, that is perfect. Absolutely perfect. They've kicked the last four of this game. Long ball, pick it at the back. Petrarca, Petrarca. Oh, wow. How good is that? Christian Petrarca, no way. Petrarca and Bonampelli going head to head. Here he is to Oliver again. This one will be a big one. Sparrow to make it a three goal, three quarter dog lead. He's got it. seconds left little one from Viney surely not another one handball to Oliver streaming through bang 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 that is incredible how quickly time flies and boy does it change quickly uh, looking at a couple of those players there uh, they're not going to be at the Demons next year. So it's an interesting um, mix as um, some of our t great teams like Richmond in the last couple of years have found out big turnover of players. Um, and it's not easy to keep winning premierships. So I take my hat off to Richmond being able to win three. Um, all right, let's bring the boys up quickly and we'll get into it. Boys, how are we? Welcome back. Grand final week. Hey, Az. How are you, mate? Are you okay? It feels a little bit odd, mate. Someone just told me <laughs> we're not there. Um, I had the tickets ready to go, and all of a sudden we're not there. Straight sets, unbelievable. Um, uh, I'm still getting over it. Still licking the wounds, what, boys. What gratuitous crap that just was, honestly. You've got to have a build-up. Uh, we've had a 20-year build-up plus, and we're still building up. I think it's clagged itself shut for a while. Just, as you know, it just goes to show that, um, you know, what all the expectation – and it just doesn't just happen. It's so much harder to win it these days. Uh, well, so much harder. And to be honest, we take a hat off to the Tigers being able to win that three out of four. Um, I struggle to think we've got that coming in the next couple of years. I only hope that Melbourne can emulate that. Take a year off. Let's win the next two. But look, they're so hard to win. Uh, as we all know, this club's rebuilding. Um, and it can turn around quickly. I mean, look at uh, look where Collingwood come from. They come from the clouds and almost got there, guys. I, I get the feeling. I, I, I mean, yeah, Melbourne won 
last year. But, you know, obviously Richmond won three of four. And who was it before that? It was the Hawks that won three out of four or whatever it was. And, um, I mean, Geelong's been up there since 2007, essentially. They've only won two, but they've yep. been up there a long wouldn't surprise me if you have like a run of six or seven different premiers like the NRL recently has. I mean, it's just um, wouldn't shock me in the slightest. And that's that's the whole design of the comp, right? It's to give everyone a chance to have a crack at a, a premiership. But um, like you say, as it, it's you know, you can you can go up so quick, like Colin, you can go down real quick too. Um, yeah, and that's, sure that's that's the design of the comp. It is. Before we get in and talk footy, boys, um, just give us a little bit about uh, where you've been this week, Lovey. I know you've uh, out and about chasing music gigs again, mate. It's great to see. Yeah, I went to uh, uh, Ziggy Alberts uh, in the Ballarat Civic Hall. It was an 8 o'clock start. And this, for this uh, this Melbourne Metropolitan man, it was uh, quite, the, quite a trip out there. But... Uh, it was pissing down rain a bit on the way there. It didn't actually rain too much on the way home, thankfully. But um, I'll tell you, there's two things I took away from it. Um, Ziggy Alberts is an absolute, at 28 years of age, I mean, he's a Byron Bay classic, but at 28 years of age, um, what, a, what a special talent that kid is. Um, he's just unbelievably good. And I reckon uh, if you've got any, you jump on Spotify, do what you need to do. But... Um, he is just absolutely brilliant. He, he's just, and he, he appeals to so many different age groups too. That's that's that that'd be his, that'd be his thing. He's so laid back and pretty chilled. And the second part was I hadn't been to Ballarat over night time for quite a few years, and um, <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised. It actually wasn't too bad a place to be. It was, uh, you know, you, you got some nightclubs there that actually would outdo certainly the mighty Ringwood or. Uh, out, out towards the old Monty or Greensboro. But um, I think Ballarat's uh, tidied itself up a fair bit and it was actually quite a nice place to be. Um, so, job. again, if you want to get out to Ballarat, do some regional travel, do it. It's the, the These places are picking themselves up as we go. I think it's really good. Yes, absolutely. And Cars of the Week for you? Uh, first week I score holidays, mate. So, to, what, two days in? So, so a man of leisure again, as Jody and you would both attest to, some say I'm always a man of leisure, so nothing really changes. Um, but got a list of little things I need to do between now and I think October the 3rd when we go back to school. But look, good to have a break. I caught up with a, um, a bloke that um, I love you and I know today and also another mate. Just, just good to reconnect with some friends you haven't seen for a while and just... Look, the main reason I started the show was to help people who went who were struggling through COVID and that sort of stuff. And it's good to speak to a couple of people about that and just being able to just listen to someone and be a an ear and a shoulder for them to lean on and, and give support, which I think our podcast has been able to do for a lot of people. So it's good to be able to give give back a bit. Sure. Well done, mate. Yep. yep. Good, call. good job. Um, nice of you to uh Come on as the grey wiggle tonight too, mate. Fantastic effort. After <laughs> recently appointed, um, we might we might uh, put you in on that. So uh, my year, my week. Um, sorry, mate. If I could before you talk about your week, if I could save goals like the grey wiggle, grey wiggle, mate, I'd definitely take the mantle. Absolutely, great effort it was, um, and it was nice for the wiggles to even acknowledge that. So um, who knows? You could end up a wiggle after all, cuz. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, my week. Obviously, the two midnight all shows, um, but then backed it up on the Friday night uh, at the Music Bowl, which I hadn't been in the Music Bowl in a few years, and saw Even, great um, friends of ours, Ash Naylor, and uh, Huda Gurus. Sorry, um, Huda Gurus headline, but Danny Warhols um, played second, who come out from the states, and that's this is another gig that's been rescheduled three or four times. Um, and Huda Gurus, talk about a band that's still absolutely at the top of their game. Uh, they've got a show coming up at Croxton, um, not that long, far away, so make sure you uh, put yourself down on that one, but they were unbelievable, so I haven't got any footage of that to play, but um, great gig, and then tomorrow night, just a quick pump before we get into it, um, Wolfie and Davey Lane from the Pitches, uh, free gig at the Gem tomorrow night, and then Friday, Thursday night, um, Grand well, heading towards uh, the public holiday is um, we've got D- Dallas Crane and Casanovas and Andre War- Warhurst, which are going to play uh, at the corner. So if you can get along to that one, make sure you do. So uh, it's been a big week in footy, footy finals, boys. Um, That's a terrible wet weekend we just had uh, for the Northern Footy League and a few other leagues. Um, but the Demons didn't all wasn't all bad for the Demons overall because there's just a couple here to quickly chat through. The Santa Fell, the Red Legs, the Norwood Red Legs, um, who I followed as a kid. Are you got trying up to there. hold on to that? Yeah, Come absolutely, on, mate. mate. You've got to take them where you can, mate. You've got to take them where you can. He's clutching. He is clutching big time now. Next, it'll be the Bentley Football Club and the Southern Footy League as well. They won a premiership on the weekend. If there's they're any more the Demons team. out there, mate, we'll take them all. So, um, <laughs> you've got to Coached go by... Coached by Jade Rawlings, Norwood Redlegs too. There you go. Uh, and we can't forget Casey, the Casey Demons, who lost one game for the year. Uh, amazing effort. Um, oh, I, I can forget them. Yeah. No, against Southport. Shit. Southport Sharks. So interesting uh, to see that VFL kind of league spread what did you make? Wider. What did you make of that comp, Aaron? The 21-team comp, you play, all of you, you play each other once. Yeah. You know what? I didn't mind it. I actually don't mind it. Yeah, it goes back to, a little bit to the old. Um, oh, VFL. Yeah, that's and, right. Uh, I just wish they played. Be- I just wish they played before, as much as they possibly can before an AFL game. That would be ideal. But yeah, they're at least got their own teams, and yep. Southport adds a bit of differentiality, just like Port Melbourne does and Werribee does. I didn't mind it, hmm. but it's, it seems to work, doesn't it? Like from the games I saw during the year. Yes, obviously, Casey and, and credit to them for, on the great year they had, but there were times when the lower sides beat the top sides as well to at least gave a contest. So that's that's what you want. And sometimes when you've got a comp that large, people find reasons why it won't work. But across the board, and I know quite a few people who went to watch it, and it seemed to work. Yep. yep. All right, what we're going to do is we're going to talk winners for a second. Um, and we talked about how that era of the Richmond Tigers – uh, how good that was. And obviously, Eddie Zamet, good friend of the show, um, <laughs> still preaches to me that the year he didn't put the T-shirt together was the year the Tigers didn't make it again. So he's got to lift <laughs> his game. He's got to have that T-shirt done early uh, for the Tigers to make it. Didn't do a Demons T-shirt either, so we got rolled out as well. So, But just in on that, uh, we've got a good special guest that we've had on the show a couple of times and a good friend of the show as well. Um, we've come across um, this young... Well, not, not so young anymore, but we'll get, still call him the young man, uh, Matt Cronin, mm. um, or the Pat Cronin Foundation. Through unfortunate circumstances, um, Matt has been a pioneer in 
rallying clubs together for an awareness of still something that's so relevant uh, in today's society. Um, so we're going to bring Matt up. We're going to have a quick chat on the how things are going with the Pat Cronin Foundation and also his love for the Tigers, obviously, and once, sadly, another year off for the Tigers. Welcome back, Matt. Good on you, Aaron. Thanks for having us, boys. Yeah, how are you how are mate? Yeah, very good. I thought I'd better put my uh, official <laughs> no. gear on. And um, it's, it's it's a real it's a real losers' corner tonight, isn't it? It's fantastic. <laughs> well, yeah. How many? Uh, I, I, I'm just looking at the screen now, Aaron, and it'd be fair to say that the, those on the right hand side haven't had a tasted victory in a final for a fair period of time. What's that? What are we up to? How many days? Have you got uh, that clock working? Ah, uh, whatever. <laughs> it's um. We'll look at it. We'll have to get back on, Matt, and it's been a short stay, but thanks very much, Matt, and all the best everything. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's so irrelevant, Matthew, thank you. And uh, it will be Matthew when you make comments like that, not Matt. Um, the, uh, the, other, the other thing I will say is I cannot wait. Once we actually win a final next year, <laughs> um, all those social media websites, they can just, just – Piss off! They can just go away. The whole six thousand four hundred and whatever days, and yeah. see ya. Bye bye. Yeah, I'd like to think that when we win our when we win our next final, we actually win the flag. That'd be the ideal. Yes. Well, look. I mean, here's a bit of trivia for you, boys. Um, up until oh, Saturday, this be good. Up until Saturday <laughs> afternoon, just remember who the last team was that won a grand final at the MCG. Okay. Right. <laughs> Mighty Tigers, uh, record-winning margin, I think, or pretty close to it against the the uh, hapless GWS. So, uh, yep. Since then, well, that, we've been that, all that disappears, everywhere. Yep. That disappears at four forty-five on Saturday too. Now it, it does, it does. But you know, it's <laughs> fair enough. We've just got to hand it around a bit. I think you know, we we let Aaron, <laughs> we, we, we let Aaron and his boys have self, a win. Self, selfless of you, Matt. Selfless That's of you. Appreciate it. What, 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 what a what a charitable mean? club. <laughs> exactly. We're almost as charitable as Collingwood, aren't we? So, <laughs> oh, no. As mentioned earlier about, obviously, he's got the Melbourne gear on. He's still clutching. You're obviously still clutching as well. Love is law to the Bombers. I've gone with nothing, the great wiggle look, because our side's got no identity <laughs> at the moment. So I've just, I'm not sure where we are. <laughs> so I'll just, I'll just go with this, the neutral colour. So, so Cousins glass half empty. Whereas I can't wait for us to win the flag next year. When we, when we have, when we actually have a no-name coach uh, signed on, and when we have that ghost of a CEO, whoever that might become, I don't know. That's okay. Um, sometimes dysfunction works in your favour. Well, that's how I'm going to look at it next sure year. It does. Anyway. I mean, sadly, the bombers no CEO, no board, um, no coach. You got a captain. We have got a captain, absolutely, um, and we hope we hope uh, we just hope for everyone, everyone's sake that the bombers can turn it around quickly. No one wants to see uh, a club in that in that bigger trouble. Um, well, there's been a few, Melbourne, but <laughs> yeah, don't worry. There's plenty that do no, want to see it. There's a few. The optimists, pretty happy about it. <laughs> the optimists and football lovers obviously don't want to see uh, the bombers down for too no, long. That's fair. So, yeah, uh, that's fair. All right, Matt. Tell us a little bit about. Where you've been, you know, what's been happening recently? Obviously, the the Tigers. You got a little bit of time in uh, September now, so yeah. what's what's on the agenda for you? I oh, look in, um, yeah, Foundation's been um, just going gangbusters this year. Um, it's sort of as, as you said in the intro there, and um, 
it's terrible that we're having to do what we're doing. But, you know, the reality is um, we can't bring Pat back. So the best thing that we can do is to honour him with everything that we do. And, you know, look, I'm, I'm really thrilled to be able to, you know, tell everyone who's listening tonight and, and you guys in particular, you know, last year in a COVID year, we were able to deliver, even with all of the impediments we had, we were able to deliver 137 presentations to secondary schools across Victoria. Um, as of um, earlier today, I checked our customer, um, our CRM system, and we're up to 435 bookings right, for this year. So from 137 to 435, just phenomenal. So the the growth has been incredible. Um, the demand, and that's perhaps a bit of a, a double-edged sword here, is that, you know, we've been out there talking to schools, you know, about, you know, Pat's story and, and, and the issues that schools are having. The fact that they're actually asking for us to come out, you know, is a bit of a cry for help. So, you know, it's a good thing that they're calling for help, but it's also a bit of a sad thing that they're calling for help because clearly after two years of lockdown, you know, the, the resilience levels of our, our young students is not great. Glenn, you're probably uh, seeing that firsthand in schools. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's why, like, we and I have spoken a couple of times about it and obviously we're keen to get you to come out while I'm working at the moment, Oakley Grammar, because it's just... Look, I think kids are amazingly resilient, but it's also, as you said, it's great to give them that sort of reminder of just make the. It's, it's easy, it's easy to make a poor choice, but it's also easy to make the right choice as well with the yeah. right sort of education information. Yeah, and 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 that's what we're about. And I guess this is where we try and position ourselves a little bit differently, maybe to others. And you know, we, we've got that be wise message, as we say. So it's a real positive affirmation. So really trying to empower young people to make the right decisions, give them the tools to let them make those choices. And, you know, look, even at an AFL level and, and up until, I'll say, last Saturday afternoon, I, w- I was... I was absolutely credited with Collingwood's resurgence. There's no doubt about that. I'll t- I'll I'll take all the credit, right? And in fact, <laughs> in, in fact, humble. I'll, yeah, humble very humble. No, in fact, but I, I'm I'm doing that on Pat's behalf, right? Because yeah, beautiful. Um, and no, no hint of a lie. Um, earlier in this this season, we actually did a presentation at the Collingwood Footy Club to their senior playing group, and. <laughs> Here I was going into enemy territory, right, fair to say, going into the old uh, AIA centre, I think it's called now, after however many reincarnations. And anyway, we did a presentation and that weekend Richmond was playing Collingwood. So as, as I do when I, you know, you know, presented a club, I'll say, oh, good luck for the rest of the season, except for this week, right? Yeah, because yeah. And Richmond towed them up, if you remember. After that game that Richmond beat them, they went on that, massive winning streak so i can only put it down to you know pat's story and the bys presentation we did and you know those but those guys you know you could see something there when we went and presented to them uh incredibly generous with their time um yeah robin you know is not, not a lot of people know this but robin's actually a collingwood supporter um, she grew up in the shadows of vic park just as much as my dad grew up in the shadows of punt road so, um, yeah, quite um, – the, the players were fantastic. And the one that, you know, really surprised us the most, who who spent a lot of time with us afterwards, came up and wanted to give Robin a hug, was um, Jordan Degoe. So, you know, um, 
yeah, really, really good group. You could sense something was going on there. A lot of connection, you know, which seems to be the thing. I think Melbourne definitely had it last year. Richmond had it for a few years as well. And, you know, those clubs that are connected and, you know, you sort of sense maybe something was going to happen in Essendon last year and went off the rails for whatever reason this year. But, you know, I think connection is a massive thing, you know, whether it's out of school or at a footy club or just in life in general, you know, to be connected. And this is, you know, what you do, boys, with this podcast is great because it's reaching out to people and, and giving people a connection to know that they're, they're part of something and there's people out there who can look after each other. Appreciate those kind words. Thank you, yeah, a couple of things I did note is is the interviews that you did with the players afterwards, that Collingwood mm. thing, and put up a couple of those little grabs. And I, I thought that was a fantastic insights in what, you know, from someone from an AFL environment got out of your particular um, presentations, which I think was awesome. Boys, I want to touch on quickly. Um, I know you two boys had got um, the foundation out to your local footy club that you were coaching at, boys, and, and great job, uh, Cars, organising that. Boys, just tell us a little bit about the impact that that can have uh, on a footy club. I'm really interested to hear that. Oh, mate, look, the, the, it was a no-brainer to get um, Matt to come out and have a chat. And it was, it was we were wrapped that he did. Just the boys, just, and we know what young men are like, but the moment that um, they started presenting and talking about the, the foundation and what they wanted to do and what their meaning was, the boys were, were there in the palm of their hands, listening intently and and even sort of the weeks after it and coming up to it, like our senior coach said, yep, yeah, fantastic, get them on, get them in, have a chat. And the boys loved it. And they came up, I know they came up to me and I'm pretty sure, or Glovey can speak for himself in a minute, but they were really impressed. One, that you'd come out and speak to them, but also... They could relate to everything you said. Obviously, not the loss that, unfortunately, your family's gone through, Matt, but just being in that situation and having that split second to, to make the right call, make the right choice and, and listening. They didn't speak too much and give much feedback, but in the weeks afterwards when we, we got a bit of time to speak to them one-on-one, the um the positive influence was, was definitely there. And, mate, I'm... Well, I'm further in your debt for the friendship that I've now got with you, but from the club's point of view, like Lily, they were wrapped to have you out there. Good on you, mate. Thanks. Yeah, I, 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 echo, I echo Glenn's sentiments. I, I reckon the test of that sort of thing after you give a presentation, as, as, a, as, a, as a guy, as the assistant coach up there, you try and be a mentor to these boys from a football perspective, but sometimes you have to as it with certain guys as well from a, a life perspective, and um, always the test after such presentations is how they react after that over those next few weeks and months. And um, they were that group of boys that you presented to up at Lillardale that night, Matt. They were, they were, my experience with them is they're, they're already fairly well engaged on making sure they've got each other's backs and support each other no matter what. Um, pull each other out of any sort of bullshit that's going on on a particular night or at a function. Um, but you know. It, I know that one or two of those boys were quite emotional about that stuff a day or two after when we came back to Thursday training. They, two of them came up and spoke to me about it a bit more. And I I was lucky enough to go out with them on a few functions and, and a few Saturday nights after it as well. And um, 
you can tell that they've got the right idea about what going out is all about and having a good time. Mm. But also, too, if one of them looks like they're going to be in a bit of trouble, um, they do look after each other very well. And I think what you did, Matt, and what your foundation did was just reinforce the things that they were kind of already doing. But I reckon it just really hit home for them a lot more. Mm. Um, they're a good bunch of kids up there. And I think, you know, they, 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 they swallow that sort of stuff up, that, that sort of feedback, regardless of whatever the topic might be. And But that one's obviously very close to them because they all go out and they all, you know, they all, they all go and have a good time. Um, but they all know that they should all get home together safe and sound as well. So yeah, that was, I, I it was really good. Yeah, I think the thing that comes across to us and the feedback we get all the time is that particularly at footy clubs, you know, where, you know, Pat's, those images of Pat that we've all seen, you know, that are shared on the internet and have been on the news, you know, the long-haired footballer, if you like, and, you know, especially at a, a footy club like Lilydale or Lower Plenty or Monty or wherever it might be, they look at the images of Pat and think, shit, this could have been me, you know. And, mm-hmm. you know, Pat, as we know, the story was, you know, Pat wasn't out there causing trouble. He was just trying to help a mate. And, um, you know, it shouldn't happen. Every every young 19-year-old, 20-year-old, whatever, should be able to go out, have a good time and come home. But, you know, if we can if we can impart a few strategies, and that's what we did on the night, if you remember, give them a few strategies. We've got to teach them. It's, you know, it's just like you guys as footy coaches and stuff, teaching them a kick on their left, if you like. You know, it's not natural, if you like, if you're a right footer. Um, but, you know, maybe some of these strategies that we talk that don't necessarily come naturally Look, I'm still a firm believer that the vast majority, 99% of people in this world are really good people, right? And they haven't had to confront the situations that sometimes you get confronted with. And when they do, they're they're, they're outside of their comfort zone and they don't know how to react. So if we can impart a little bit of knowledge, you know, for, for any young person, and we start at schools, you know, but we get out to footy clubs and stuff where, you know, the rubber hits the road, so to speak. If we can give, leave them with with a couple of things to take away on the night, we've done our job. There's no doubt about it. And, we, you know, we're making a difference, um, absolutely making a difference. And, we, you know, we're well on the way to, you know, putting an end to the coward punch, that's for sure. Um, I don't know if you're... I don't know if you were going to mention it, Matt, and you'll probably present it better than I will, but um, the other thing I've still got, I've got it on my phone, is is your app. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I have, like, I've had it since the night you came and um, oh, that's, that's actually good. Yeah, before. yeah, no, I can, yep. Yeah, but um, the fact that it goes through conflict situations, be emergency-wise, heading out for the night, there's facts, there's support for everyone when you jump on that app, so it's Headspace and call emergency hotlines. You've got your merchant events. Um, I've still got the big burgundy beanie. It's fantastic. Um, yeah. Bloody warm too. Been very <laughs> handy this week. Um, yeah, you're just doing a heck of a lot, mate, to to help our younger part of society. Uh, and, you know, even blokes my age, if I'm going out with them, I've got to be aware as well. So yeah. um, thank you. It's, it's yeah. just what, you, what you're doing, mate, for, our, for that part of our society is just absolutely brilliant. Well done. Yeah. Well, I think as Aaron mentioned just before, you know, one of those little clips that we did at Collingwood with Scott Pendlebury, you know, the scary part about that, Scott Pendlebury's been cow-punched. Um, yep. You know, someone chased him with a phone, right, 
videoing. He said, "Watch this," and he and and the guy, as he was effectively filming a selfie, coward punched Scott Pendlebury. You know why? Who? Mm. You know, just not not on. And then uh, then then still Sidebottom comes up to me and has a chat, and he said, "My brother was coward punched two weeks ago." You know, and just that triple zero message, Alan, that we we said. You know, if you get hit, call triple zero. Steele's brother didn't do that. And, you know, he went home, he went to bed, thank God he woke up, right? But he could have been in all sorts, you know, if, if you know, if he had been slightly, you know, less lucky. Um, but all of those things there, you know, and, and these are guys that are out there, you know, and they're targets, unfortunately. You know, I, I, I feel very privileged to have been able to talk to a number of AFL clubs in the last couple of years but you know, the one thing that I've I've said to each and every one of them, I said, I feel so sorry for you guys. You know, you're absolute at the pinnacle of your sport, and yet you're an absolute target whenever you go out. So, you know, what you know, when we ask them what are their BY strategies, the older guys in the room, I remember Paddy Ryder at St Kilda actually said this, and you know, big Paddy like he is, you know, he just said, boys, just go home. You know, <laughs> it was almost yeah. just don't be there. And, and, and that's pretty sad, isn't it? The fact that they have to think that way, just don't be there. So, but you know what? If you're not there, it can be a good strategy, can't it? Just avoid the trouble in the first instance. Yeah, I, I was wrapped to, to see the Richmond Footy Club if there. They didn't do a mad Monday. They did a wacky Wednesday, I think. And I don't know if you boys saw the picture, but they, they, they had their dress up like they do. They all got on a bus. They caught a bus out to the Panton Hill pub, right? So... And apparently they've done it every year for the last, you know, four or five years. They just go to the Panton Hill pub and they have the function room out the back, have a good time, get on the bus and go home. Um, yep. Yeah. Well, even even Lillardale, yeah, Lillardale did that this year. Got on a bus, went to a pub, got the back room all to themselves, had enough, got home, got back on the bus, got back to their club rooms. Not a problem. Not a single problem in the world. So it. it can be done. You know, just got to plan yourself. That's it. That's it. Sure can. All right, boys. We're uh, we're going to thank Matt for his time. Matt, you're more than welcome yeah. to stay on, mate, at any stage yeah. or come back in at any stage. But we're gonna we're gonna move on and talk a bit of footy. Um, for anyone that wants more information, patcronenfoundation.org.au. We strongly suggest that you jump on there, get to know what what the story what, what is, what, story this is about, what this is about, and how it can affect your. Um, life oh, sorry your club most importantly and business um and booking a speech because um these boys two boys down below can definitely vouch for the positivity it can uh it can bring a, an environment any environment so please jump on yeah, I, um, I, I better i better give him a tip before i go boys all right so, yeah, yeah, said, absolutely yeah, my, my absolute tip get on the tigers for next year no sorry um <laughs> 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 he no, means that. Don't think that's a joke. He means that. Yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> no, I'd, I'd, um, uh, I'll be going with the Swannies. I think. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, I think their pressure is going to be too, too much for Geelong. Um, yep. Yeah. So uh, yeah, go the, go the Swannies. Give us a margin, Matt. It still, it still oh. sounds a touch begrudging. That one. Yeah, <laughs> you probably. Swans by thirteen. Okay, beautiful. Beautiful. All right. Thanks for joining yeah. us, Matt. Good on you, boys. Thanks for having me. Love See you, mate. See ya. Look out. Right, mate. Thank you. Bye.
Boys, we love having a chat to Matt. Um, he's welcome Star. anytime on the show. He only needs to send us a message. Ever there's a, bo- a message to get out there, um, we'll continue to promote the message. And hopefully one day we don't have to because, as Matt said, um, there's been a, a shift in in society that uh, they just don't get themselves in that environment. Um, you're right. Uh, it's very, I mean, uh, it only goes to show that it's going to be a hard stigma always to move and push because... I mean, look what even happened at the Brownlow. You've got AFL players still at tables on the gas. Not necessarily anything happened afterwards, but that uh, sadly and still, well, that culture of drinking is still heavy and around clubs' environments. Um, you know, there's always going to be a, a potential issue um, in relation to You've got to, to what put happens. up the protections. Yeah, absolutely. If you're not going to be able to stop it, put the protections up. Yeah. Absolutely, you do. So um, that's a good point, mate. So what we're going to do is we're going to, just break the segment for a minute and we're going to talk uh, 1984 and here's a few special moments from 1984. Bit of That's fun a disgrace. There in 1984. Boy. That's a disgrace. <laughs> There's not a single photo of you know what. How dare you? That's okay. How dare you not give us anything? That's okay. We're going to talk about it because you know what? Like the 89 grand final. Like a damn sim. It's what the crowd come to say. Cousins Classics. No doubt. Jeez, Glenn, I'll tell you what, please make up for Aaron's oversight, please. It's very concerning when I'm working in a school and look at some of the photos I see of myself. It's just a little sidebar there, but yeah, we'll get we'll come back to that another day. We will. Right, so cuz kick off. Talk Big to me. week this week, as we know, AFL Grand Final. I've gone to the, the well and I've gone with my top five AFL Grand Finals. No particular order. So the five I've gone with are, as you and I know, Lovey, 84. Breaking the 19-year drought, Bombers and Hawthorne. Here we go. Drives Hawthorne back into attack, knocked on by Broden. Pushed out by Wallace, still goes after. They won't give in Hawthorne, still fighting it out. Full mark to them as the ball goes down there, but a mark to Danaher. Into this quarter by just on 35 minutes. There's the siren. 
Essendon winning their first flag since 1965 and the final scores Essendon 14-21-105-12-9-81 Full marks to Essendon, a great performance but all the plays would uh, have to go to their coach and there they are, there's, each, there's the coach of Essendon, Kevin Sheedy receiving congratulations from all around but what a performance, he shifted players all over the place put Western to centre-half back what a... Uh, it was a four-goal snooze fest. Come on, boys. Knocking your four goals down at three-quarter time. Exactly on, right. you, thought you thought your Good Melbourne point. run on was big last year. That was unbelievable. Sorry, Cards, you go, mate. Do your classic. Do mate, your classic it, was, mate. it was gold because, as we I may mention on previous podcasts, the year before we got taught, torn a new one by the Hawks. Yep. Dad had gone home at three-quarter time and left me sitting in the stands. Unfortunately... 1984, we couldn't get a ticket, so thanks so much, Pete, but that's okay. Shout out to my lovely father, the jeweler. Um, 84, though, what a great year. What a great team. Um, another epic battle between two powerhouses of the early and middle 80s, the Bombers and the Hawks. Um, Let's backtrack, Buzz. What's that? Let's backtrack. The one before that. No. <laughs> oh, so you're now taking over my segment as well, I don't I'm, want to talk just, about 83, mate. We want to talk about as the years progress. <laughs> what year was it, Cuz? The first one. Well, the one I liked the most, and being a little bit older than you, was when Carlton beat Collingwood in 79 with, yep. well, according to the Carlton supporter, the Collingwood supporters, Wayne Harms was in the pocket of the Olympic stand. He was that far out of bounds. So let's have a look at it. Well, we haven't got that miracle, but we've got the last 30 seconds or so. Yeah, well, it's not enough to give a commentator a heart attack, a short pass out to Brewer. And he's been a pretty good player since moved out of that half-back line. Collingwood trying to get it around there. As it go for Magro, he's going for the mark, but the umpire set a free kick for interference. 28 minutes gone. Fire Is there ready. time for Collingwood to get up? They're five the And Carlton have won the 1979 Premiership. The score, the final scores. Carlton 11-16, 82. Once again, calling with the bridesmaid. 11 goals, 11, 77. What a great Once line. Once again, calling with the bridesmaid. I love it. You know what? That'd be like meeting Jesus at the same time being spat on by Satan. Now, I can't <laughs> think of a worse grand final. But I knew I... Memories for me, mate, being nine and my sister was seven and my sister upset my dad terribly when she, I think she might have won a raffle at school or something and came home and said, Dad, I want a Carlton jumper. <laughs> and you both know the jeweler. You can imagine how that went. That just got thrown in the incinerator in the backyard or whatever. But um, I think Stace cried for about six months. <laughs> and still, right, It's one of the best grand finals of all time. Oh, look. It's an epic 1989, Cats and the Hawks. Righto. Here's the first minute or so, because, boy, it was an interesting minute. Magic. City crowd. The grand final. Burke and Deer. Down by Burke. This is Buse. Second opportunity for Buse. Down towards the half-forward line. Ablett's in front. Very interesting, Dennis, at that first bounce because Yates came off the wing and went straight for Dermot Brereton. Dermot's down on his knees, as you can see. Gary Ablett 
We'll go very close from here, from about 52 metres. Long, probing kick, it's home! Now, this is reminiscent of the final Dermot Brereton down. I mentioned how Yates came through the centre, didn't have eyes for the ball, just went straight at Brereton and has put him down. A bad miss for Hawthorne because he's the one who can really get them going. Now, watch this on replay. You see Yates, there he is, number coming off the uh, wing there. He only had eyes for Brereton and goes over and bumps him again, but obviously he's done his ribs. Very interesting that he had a second crack at him, Don. Well, they're all fired up, Geelong, and it's an ideal start of swimming. This is in 1978, when Hawthorne were, on that occasion, Montgomery Gold, as Ablett did. Came from an absolute mile away. <laughs> Mark Yates oh, to uh, yeah. clean and clean him up. What about the commentary, though? I think I think Jack Edwards, I could be wrong. He goes, he got him once, but he had a second crack at him. <laughs> this derby's getting up. Yates is going, I'll have another go. They're also doctors that no. have uh, debriefed his ribs. I, I, I actually think Yada um, created a brand new fashion in football, and that was literally come from 50 metres away to line a bloke up if you wanted to. Yeah. And it only took him 25 years to outlaw it after that. But um, you know what else I took out of that first minute? I mean, he is the greatest player I've ever seen. Um, probably Lee Matthews was better, but. My God, Gary Ablett, 52 metres out, yep. and he's kicked that thing through three-quarter post height. Yeah, he was incredible. But hardly any hardly any player can do that anymore. I mean, the bloke was just an absolute phenomenal. Absolutely. Phenomenal. Um, as as both Ablets were, um, Gary and Gary Senior, Gary Junior, that's another argument for another day. But, uh, Cuz, let's move on. What's the next one? Uh, Sydney and West Coast. Now, hard to pick because they played – Two amazing grand finals in 05 and 06. I've gone with 05 for a couple of reasons. The One of the biggest droughts in football history. And I went from VFI to AFL and South Melbourne to Sydney Swans. Um, and just uh, Leo Barry, you star. Um, the mark he took in the dying seconds go. or minutes. A crowd around the ball. Kerr's got it. Cousins has got it. The captain, the Brownlow medalist. Can someone mark it? No, they can't. But the Eagles are still a chance. They were. Barry, Staker, Embley, Cousins again. Bolton with him. Eagles with numbers. Banfield, the old-timer, the veteran of 94. Chance for the Eagles. Canelli takes it to safety. And the Swans hang on. It nearly ricocheted off Nikoski's leg. It did. Sydney by four. Ty Canelli did it well. Saw the option in the pocket. Went for it. Leo Barry. Slow it down. So Leo Barry in the back pocket. Heads along the boundary line. Oh, good mark by Cox. Cox throws it onto the left. One last roll of the dice for the oh. Eagles! Leo Barry, you star! Bob Murray, William Card. The longest premiership draft in football history is over! For the first time in 72 years, the Swans are champions of the AFL. Well, that's still 
still makes me tingle. Oh, yeah, it, uh, what a, it was an absolutely great era. Uh, just those those couple of years there. Uh, it's not a whole era, but it's a couple of years of an incredible rivalry those two teams had against each other. Um, yeah, so, I, I think we'll see that a little bit more in the next few years. I was really hoping that day that Sydney would win, obviously for the drought. But mm. you know, West Coast had, and in case in case people haven't picked up on now, I really don't like a collective bunch of wankers in a particular footy team. And <laughs> West Coast were West Coast were wankers. Back then, and um, it was so nice to see Sydney put one over them. Since then, Sydney have become a wanker team, but that's okay. Um, what a great grand final, though! Like that went back and forth all day. It wasn't it wasn't just uh, it wasn't just you know a team came back in the last quarter. Those those two teams didn't give more than I think it was two goals for the whole game, mm. and it was the same the following year, I think too. So, yeah, yeah, great great choice, Cards. If you look at, and you look at that last yeah. minute. Like obviously had an amazing mark, but where he came from to take the mark, but he was also involved mm. in two bits of play beforehand as well at half back. Then he was involved in the one that went through that Canelli well ran through for a point, and then he also yep. milked at the clock a little bit when Canelli kicked out from full back. So four real big moments, and in, in one of the greatest grand finals we've probably seen in the last twenty years. And your last one, Cuz. Uh Close for three quarters. Uh, pies and the cats. Oh, excuse me. We'll have a glass of water. Um, different choice. Different choice. That 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 broken their long sort of not winning for a while earlier. More with Tom when Scott took over from Thompson. Like a lot of people said, oh, he's been handed a great team, all that sort of stuff. Go to the vision, mate. See what you think. Look. Good game of footy, tight all day. It's very interesting, Cuz, because that's not the one you told me. Hang on. That was an honourable mention. <laughs> hang, on, hang on, hang on. You sure about that? You're that's never wrong. Oh, you are. You are the <laughs> Billy Brownless of, of our podcast. Seriously. There you go. We're going to roll the tape on another drag. Oh, hang on. Sorry. No, I apologise. No, I do apologise. That was an honourable mention. I do apologise. Just added that bit, mate. Thank you. The other biggest drought, other than the Demons, was the Doggies beating the Swannies in 2016. Sorry, Aaron, you were correct, mate. You can roll that vision, please. Here we go. This was big. And it was also against someone else. Good kick. Gives Pickett a charge. It's over. It's all over. The drought. The damn wall is busted. It's 62 long years. McLean will kick virtually on the siren. He misses. But they don't miss out. Their day. Their year. Their joy. Special moment, mate. So yes, I knew you'd be all <laughs> over it. Thank you, lovey. That is as is right there. So I can't even read my own writing on my little information thingy. The, the thing I loved other... about that grand final yep. is if you go to the Triple M commentary of that day 
and it's into folklore no. now. No, we're not doing this. <laughs> Please tell me we're not going to this grab. Jack, no, I haven't got no, the grab. But, but Jack loves it. He goes with BT. Boys kick the goal. Boys kick the goal. Boys kick. <laughs> and he's that. As we've all been in ourselves, not as commentators, but when we watch the game and you get that caught up in the emotion of it, it's not till afterwards I reckon these other commentators ever are aware that he's dropped the F-bomb in the, in the, yep. In the commentary. Yep. But that um, said, that wasn't why. I thought it was a great game. Breaking the drought after such a long time, 62 years, but also the heartache for one of their favourite sons in Robert Murphy, who was unfortunately injured and unable to play. But the great sporting gesture by... By Bevo. Hotel, mate. There's always one that misses out. We can name uh, one from every Bevo giving him his medal, I thought it was a nice touch. Yep. Um, he wasn't the coach. And he certainly yeah, okay. didn't play. This whole pantomime, give him something because he was having a cry. Mate, no, no. sorry. You just weren't good enough. You weren't bad. Yeah, you like, just didn't. You had knee. Everyone gets it. Move on. Like the McDonald's Encouragement Award, mate. You lost, no. right? <laughs> just be happy for your mates just be happy Correct. for your mates stop Robert Murphy stop looking for a bit of me moment Didn't have to that's the classic though boys obviously I've given away my, one of my um, honourable mentions was the Cats breaking their drought but also the Saints in 66 and as much as you boys like to think I was there age 20 I wasn't <laughs> But a good shout-out to a fellow De La Salle man who kicked that winning point in Barry Broon. Thought I'd put that in there for you. Oh, of course, De La gets a mention with <laughs> Has to. Um, yeah, look, that's, one of your better cla- that's one of your better classics, mate. Well done. And I'm looking forward to this this week. I think Fox Footy now do it, the Footy Marathon, on Friday night. So hopefully we can get one bomb- Bombers grand final in there, lovey. I'm not super confident. <laughs> well, it won't be in HD. Yeah. All right, we're going to move to just the two prelims, guys, and we're just going to have a quick uh, couple-minute clip of each, and then we're going to talk about the big game. All right, here we go with, uh, firstly, the Cats. Robertson. That might be why he's running around, to just force them to change their mind. They chose a 19-, 20-year-old kid that... When he's coming through, that sitting on a bench, starting on a bench, doesn't mean much. Only kicked six goals in his career. He's now kicked one in a prelim. Geelong celebrate. They are through to their 19th grand final. And couldn't have done it in better style. Now, I know, boys, it was a bit of a snooze fest. We all know after the amazing finals we've had uh, up until then. But it just showed the dominance of where Geelong were the week off, potentially. Come in, made a statement. And and a big statement too. But then again, there's Brisbane, who were arguably out on their feet for almost the entire game. They just couldn't get a run on. So just interested in your thoughts, boys. Where did Brisbane just drop off? Um, and how honestly, how good do you think this Geelong team is? Cuz 
Oh, look, I think Geelong, as you said, as Geelong were just clinical. Like, everything they did came off. Now, there's an element of luck to that. There's also an element they're all on the same page. They just know what everybody else is doing in their side and their system seem to work no matter what the opposition is. Brisbane, I think, tried their best, but I just think their best wasn't good enough, as harsh as that as that may seem. I think McInerney the week off, I don't think that helped him. I think a lot of people were concerned maybe with Geelong having such a long time off in between like one game in 25 days, whatever it was, but they were just, they were clinical from the first bounce. And once they adapted that approach, Brisbane, I think, were pushing, you know, what uphill for the remainder of the game. And they, they there wasn't a period of that game. And normally in a game of footy, there is even, it might only be for a small period of time, but the other side will get some sort of chance to impact the scoreboard. They just, they looked, looked out of sorts from the, from the get-go. And I think that, yeah theme maintained itself for the for the majority of the game and and when any time they look like getting on top Geelong just raised the bar a bit sure that said sure. going into next week we'll I, come I back to next think, week okay sorry mate yep yep let's preview ne- next week yep. what next week looks like sure sorry, yep, Bobby, yep. what's your thoughts um if you and I know this was after the game but Mitch Robertson actually typifies what Brisbane's about ultimately and unfortunately for them. They're still quite individualistic to me and they still played a bit of a protectionist, my spot in the side top football. A lot of them did. Um, when you isolate it and you look at the game from a, an isolated perspective on each of the Brisbane players, very few of them put out 1%. Very few of them acted in a selfless manner. Um, and... You know, the pin-up boy, Joey Danaher, for that, absolutely. Again, didn't really fire a shot, but he wasn't on his own. And the fact that Mitch Robinson said what he said uh, after the game about not getting his own send off and all that crap, that just, that to me, uh, really made me think Brisbane's got a long way to go if they're going to be a proper premiership contender because they put Mitch Robinson, those guys, that club, up until that point in time, had Mitch Robinson up on a pedestal as one of the one of the better guys in the club, and yeah. you know he's you know he's 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 like what what everyone should be. Well, I wouldn't if Mitch Robinson's put his hand up to play somewhere else next year. I wouldn't want him because mm-hmm. that, that that sort of attitude typified what I reckon half that side was about, and it showed on the weekend. Yeah, they were a bit tired. You know what? You get through a game a lot easier if you actually work hard for each other, not just yeah. yourself. And yep. they really, they really were quite individualistic in the end. And you, you can see Lockie Neal just, mate, someone help me. Yeah. The amount of times he got battered around the pack, that was a, that was the other key takeaway I took from that. Um, the amount of times he got battered around the pack, just literally being blocked off in the contest. It was it was over th- three or four Geelong players just working him over, and that's what you do as a really good team. Yep. Having said that, you'd expect I, I think Brisbane will still finish in the top four to six next year again. They're talented enough, but they've got to really change up what they do. Be more team, be more team oriented. And I think that to that point too, Lovey, as you said, if you look at the other three teams who played on the weekend, and look at Collingwood in their game against Sydney, the way as you spoke about Geelong just then, the amount of selfless acts that blokes do continually during a game, 
that, that that's why those that's why that's why Collingwood got within a point. I know they go Sydney to start, but that's why I can't wait to see what happens. We're watching that that game against Collingwood, knowing what Collingwood have done this year, and watching how Sydney play. That's why that other prelim was so good because you knew Collingwood with their belief would keep coming and keep doing the selfless things. As you said, Brisbane on the outside looking on, no, they didn't seem prepared to do that when it counted. Yeah. And if it if you can't get the count to prelim, you're never going to get the count. Correct. I know it's old news, but uh, Kaz, you're 100% right. Um, the work ethic is everything. Um, and Lovey, you're right. They can look tired, but uh, that's a good, really good point that God, it's hard when you're when you're 20, 20 guys um, being a mouse on a wheel, on an individual wheel, mate, not working as one. Um, God, it makes hard work of everything. And you do get tired and look tired very quickly. But talk about selfless acts. Um, there was some amazing footage in this game. And even though Cuz spoiled the result, we know. We all know what happened. But let's play a little clip well, from it. Bouncing, bobbling. Chris in his 200th, bouncing over the top. Who does the football favour here? McInerney needs to get rid of it, does. It's going to go through for a minor score. And the Swans, the Bloods, will play in the last game of the season. One of the best games of football you'll ever see. It's the Swans. And the Pies Cinderella story finally grinds to a halt. Heartbreak Hotel for the Pies. But, geez, they've been good all year, haven't they, boys? Um, one team, you know, the bottom line is you can't give a team 35 points head start. Um, right. Can't right. expect to hang in there. You can worry about blaming an umpire's decision all you like in the last couple of minutes, but the reality is don't give them 35 points head start and you will you might stand a chance. So the Pies, unbelievable effort, really, from the Pies. If you're not a proud Pies supporter, yes, you'd be disappointed, but to not get to the last big game, but God, you have to be incredibly proud of their efforts coming from 17th last year, boys. I think it was um, amazing to be top three effectively. Um, what's your thoughts, Lovey? Yeah, I, I um, you know, it's funny. A lot of people have said, oh, they've just been lucky, blah, blah, blah. But you make your own luck. And yeah. if you keep yourself in games, if you keep pushing away and pushing away, um, and keep doing those selfless things, a team thing. Everyone will jump along with you. You know, not, not one single calling will play in the week. Yes, they lost, but collectively they picked themselves up after quarter time and halfway through the second. They, they, they thought, you know what, we're just going to have to grind it again. And they all did it together. There was no player left out in his own like Ocky Neal was the night before. Um, you know, they, they just worked together as a unit and got themselves back into the contest. Um, but, you know, credit to Sydney too. In that respect, because when you're getting momentum smashed against you like that in the second half, like Sydney were, the fact that you can still hold on and not just completely capitulate. Yep. Aaron, you would, you remember last year's grand final? The dogs, mm. I think it was like 15 goals to one after the 20 minute mark of the third quarter, something stupid like that it was. And yep. the, the Swans were just as resilient as what the Pies were good enough to get back in the contest. So you can't really. You can't really fault Collingwood. Um, they're only going to be better next year, I think, which is mm. frightening. Um, yep. 
because they've learned, they've, they've matured. When you have games like they've had this year, the maturity that goes with that is massive. Um, by all accounts, they'll probably improve their top 25 players for next year. So uh, for me, I think, um, unfortunately, I think the sky's the limit for the Pies next year. It is. Uh, Cars, mate, taking a team from 17th to third, arguably, um, is an incredible effort. Uh, it doesn't come without belief. They're fair to say, and that that's what they had in spades. What they lacked in talent, they had in belief. And Flyman um, McRae um, deserves Coach of the Year uh, for sure, and he's just been voted Coach of the Year, I believe. So, um, what's your thoughts on what did what did McRae do so differently that Buckley couldn't get them to do? What's your thoughts? From the outside looking in, and, and, and as I said a couple of times on the potty, like two players that have been interviewed on various media outlets. I think he just took them back to basics. Yep. So even when they got beaten on, on Sun Saturday, the first thing he didn't want to speak to them straight after the game, because as he said, he goes, I would have been too emotional. So let's, let's take a step back. Let's look at what we've achieved. What an amazing achievement. Yes. It's not winning the grand final, but where we were, where we are, where we're going to like giving them direction letting them enjoy the celebrations, enjoy the good work they've done, celebrate the good things. And as he said on a couple of press conferences, let's be winners. You, you can lose a game and still be a winner. And you you look at that and you watch it and you think it, it's a good point to have. Yep. And, and then as he said, and we've all done it in not only sporting life, but in normal life, the wins are better because you've learned from the losses. Now, it's not a blame game. He said, we didn't do some things great, but how good's the year been? And look, as much as it pains me as a, a non-Collingwood supporter, they're upside because basically this year, he's inherited a list. He's done a few tweaks to the game plan, but the personnel's pretty much the same. And they've become even more so a destination club now. So over the summer, he can mould the list even more the way he wants to do it. So I think, yeah, beware the other 17 clubs. Yeah. Um, I want to pose a question to you two boys, and it's one that I've uh, asked a couple of people over the last couple of days. Um, the famous number 35 and the story behind 35 at the moment being uh, Presser Giacomo's, Giacomo's. Yeah, yeah. Giacomo's number and the, the moving it on to the, the number one draft choice or their number one draft choice. Um, obviously, the son of Peter Dacos, um, one of the sons, has got 35 currently right now. The question is, boys, what's your thoughts on do you hand it on and keep that tradition going? Or does he have a right to say, I'll, I'll, I'll continue to wear this? What's your thoughts, boys? I'm interested. Lovey, um, where do you sit on it? Back to the club. And I think it's up to, you know, if, if, if the player wants to hold on to it, um, you're going to have to have a good chat. I mean, the, you know, the player's not bigger than the club. And yep. I think that, you know, if, if that was what was agreed well before he got to the club, which it was, yep. uh, he would be understanding of that. Obviously, he, he's got every right. He can ask, you know, oh, do you mind if I keep the 35? Can we make it perhaps a different number? Yep. Um, 
the club may change that. I mean, that's a thing, right? It, all this stuff's a club thing. And if a player wants to ask a question, you can. Um, I actually don't really have a position on it. I think, you know, it, it's obviously it's a little bit different with Darren Malone's number 42. But, um, but again, not every club would do what they're doing with Darren Malone's number. Um, yeah. Obviously, that's in perpetuity, but that's a club choice. That's a club decision. And it's the same thing. So I... I don't think there's I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. I'm sorry, it's probably a bit bland, but no, it's a bit of a club, it's a club thing. Sure, I, I, but we all we all know how important that discussion traditions is. Traditions are important in a club, a culture, right? Traditions I, are important in a club. I don't I don't think it'd be a, even a discussion at a club like Sydney where we talk about such a strong bloods culture. If they if they had a number and that was the decision and that's the reason for it, you'd hope that the Dacos son had been brought up to know that as he got the jumper. It wasn't about wearing his dad's jumper. It was about, it's not just Peter Dacos's jumper. It was Presta Giacomo and it was 20 or 30 other blokes before, well before him. So it's, um, there's a, it's a bigger, I think there's a bigger play um, at bay. So Cuz, just well, your thoughts. Where do you sit on it? Look, I'm a bit the same as Lovey. I, I think you come to the club as a player Obviously, Dacos came to the club with a fair bit of um, hype and he's probably lived up to a fair bit of it. Obviously, his dad was a champion at the club. But if you speak to people at Collingwood when Presty was there, he was the quintessential clubman. That's why they've done what they did. And there's no I in team. Um, And I think Peter, having heard him spoke on a couple of functions and whatever... I think he would instill that in his sons, yep. and I think his son would be aware of that. Yeah, I, I think it would be hypocritical. I think it would be hypocritical almost for day. I think it would be almost hypocritical for Peter to be yeah. a bit shitty with the club, given his stance that he agrees with the Darren Malone scenario. So I think yeah. that traditions are traditions, and if you're following them, then that's the way it goes. But everyone remembers Ben Matthews. He told Plugger basically, and Plugger tried to make a comeback. Um, the club, the club back ben, ben Matthews. If Ben Matthews had earned the right to wear the number four after two years after Plugger retired, yep. um, Ben said, "Well, with all due respect, no, I'm wearing it. I earned it, and Plugger respected it, and the club went on with it, and there was no issue. It, it, it's just a club thing." Yeah, I know it's I know it's a bit of a storm in a teacup, and it's a media beat up, and all the rest of the story. But I just think culture is really hard to create and keep strong, yep. but it can be decimated in seconds. I reckon so. I would love to see uh, Dacos take on a new number and make a new number his own. Um, and well, with Josh, he's got number seven. Perfect. Yeah, correct. And his brother's obviously proven that. But um, tell me a number seven, Shane Morwood, I think. Uh, yep. We're going back a bit. Premiership player. Yeah. Premiership player. There you go. So, you know, uh, a number's a number at the end of the day. And I know I've heard Gary Lyon actually talk of it. And I thought he might have been a little bit more precious around the number three, but he did mention that it is just a number and wouldn't want to see his jumper retired um, and just wants to see it, it back out Who's there. Who's Dylan Melbourne? Uh, trying to think. Salem. Salem? Yeah, Salem. Yep. Yeah. We had it re- not retired, but there was a, a fair period there where no one kind of wore it. Clint Bartram was another one that wore three. Um, good friend of our show. So, and I know he had a lot of pressure on him when he moved from his higher number down to three. Uh, so, you know, a lot of pressure on him to be, not necessarily be Gary Lyon, but we all know the footsteps 
you've got to you've got to try and walk in when you've got such a uh, a great number. I tell you what, at Essendon, at Essendon, we've got two jumpers. I reckon um, it's the number five and the number eighteen. Uh, the 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 um, players that have worn those two numbers over the years at our club. Good luck to the next group of boys that have it. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, Debbie Smith, Debbie Smith retired. Uh, Hurley retired. So. The two most iconic numbers at the football club right now are up for grabs, so it'll be interesting to see how they're filled out. No, 32 and 27, boys, is uh, great numbers. For the oh, look, Justin Blumfield was good and Alessio was good, but um, <laughs> they weren't Timmy and Simon, mate. They're, they're just the dynamic duo. You can't, you can't go past them. The interesting thing, too, with the Dacos thing is, like, obviously, Darcy Moore's playing on that side, and we know what a champion footballer Peter was. Braylon Millis at two different clubs, Collingwood and Melbourne. Just the pressure that comes with being the son of a champion, and then, like, you look at Soss, like, father and grandfather wore the same number. Yep. Just interesting how some sons choose not to, some sons... And as you said, Lovey, it, it can depend on the club, and I'd, I'd like to think it was a club thing, but I suppose it's just interesting how some players like... Yeah, well, I'm happy to wear Dad's jumper, and Darcy Moore has from sort of day dot, and and worn it with pride, and and worn it. His dad would be very proud, but just how other sons choose not to wear the same number as their dad or whatever. I think, as we know, it's availability at the time too. Generally, I think it's yeah. a no-brainer if it's not available. Um, generally, the player just walks into a new number, and a lot of the time they don't then switch up uh, their number, but. Um, Sunday night, boys. I know it got moved. It's normally a Monday night tradition, the Brownlow, but we uh, we were lucky enough to see it on Sunday, which I thought was great. Personally, I thought it was a little, a little <laughs> bit more relaxed. Um, still seemed to drag on, mind you. It felt oh, like about ten o'clock, and we were doing the round twelve or something. Did Gil get a bit? Like I still felt like today was Wednesday for some stupid reason, but that's all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, funny how um, those kind of nights you you bank in on years and years of Monday nights for yeah. forever, as far as we're known, and um, it was an interesting one, a controversial one, some say, but I think an absolutely worthy winner. What a legend. Um, and Patrick Cripps, what a way to top off a beautiful year, a great year, and show um, the power that he's going to create at the Carlton Footy Club. Not too many took votes off him, fed, to be fair to say, at Carlton, but here's the last minute of the round. A. Chera, two votes. Carlton, P. Cripps, three votes. And I declare the winner of the 2022 Brownlow medal is Patrick Cripps of the Carlton Football Club. So, boys, Patrick Cripps moves into esteemed company, as we all tend to say, and um, I think the old C, Judd, has now moved to P, <laughs> Cripps. <laughs> it was a little nice little build-up there. Um, the, um, the, same company, the same company he keeps is Brad Hardy and Shane Wayne Woden. That's brilliant. Um, look, I... Oh, I tough. tough on the man. I, um, you are very I'm hard, Shane. Oh, stiff shit. I hate, I hate Carlton with a passion, but, geez, <laughs> that man... That man's deserved something <laughs> from carrying that club for so many years. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love the fact he won it. 
And, you know, the, the, these wankers that have jumped on about, oh, he should have been suspended in round 20. You know what? Rules are the rules. The process is the process. You know what? Don't hate the player. Hate the game. Correct. You know, yeah. even Gil McLaughlin shouldn't have carried on like he did at the time. Yeah, that he, was disappointing. Absolutely. That, I think that, that was, was just very good of a tarnish. That was just Gil. crap. Um, I think the most amazing, well, not amazing part, but interestingly enough, though, that that game that he then got freed up to play that last round, he absolutely dominated. So there was no question oh. of whether he was, and they didn't win the game. So whether he was given, um, you know, whether he was given the three votes, there was no well, question since, how good he was. Ever since Morris Rioli was given a Norm Smith in 1982 in a losing grand final, you can get three votes in the game, yep. even if you lose. So I think, you know, he, he was by far... I, I remember watching that game clearly, Carlton playing the last round. He was by yep. far and away two times a better player than anyone else in that grand in either team. Yep, yep. And so, I was on, on, on media on the radio, quite a lot of Collingwood supporters have rang up and said... He was clearly best on ground, as you said, Lovey, by a long way. Yep. Yeah. I think if a Collingwood supporter against Carlton is admitting that, then we know how dominant he was because yeah. it's good to see uh, there's no love lost between Collingwood and Carlton, as we know. Okay. Now, here's the road to the finals, boys. Here's the last, the big dance. We are finally here this week on Saturday, and we've got to see um, this is the record, boys. This is going to be a great game, uh, no doubt. The best two teams of the year, in my opinion, um, or definitely the second half of the year. So uh, it's going to be a worthy grand final, 2.30 start. Now, just before we go too far and take picks and all that sort of stuff, I want to just anybody touch... tip this? Did anybody tip this in us when we hit, did our early predictions? Well, you'll have to go back to the tape, Cuz. There's your, there's your homework. Just thinking I might have, just putting it out there. Hey, well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> um, this is no one likes a wanker, Glenn. Um, What I love is is their little catch cry here or tagline, bloody exciting, um, known as the blood. So I think that's pretty well done in their marketing department. Um, And obviously they'll be untamable. We are Geelong. So it's going to be, I just hope it lives up to the expectation now because it's been such a great final series All bark on a one final. Um, It's going to be, it's going to be big. Uh, So boys. Yeah, Bobby, go. Um, if it was any other team, I'd almost say they spent their petrol tickets last week. Like if it was any other team that played that prelim, it was that they spent their tickets, they're done. But this Sydney team, I, I just get the impression that they're going to be, they're not going to be tired. The, the, this notion that Geelong love the fact that Collingwood and Sydney went to the wire, don't think it's going to mean too much. I mean, at best, they're probably just going to have a couple of captain runs during the week, and that's about, that's been about it. Yep. Um, Buddy's playing as well as he has for two years. Um, I, I I don't see lethargy being an issue for the Swans. I see the thing that will do the Swannies in is probably experience, and that'll be it. It'll be more the emotional stuff that, that some of their very young players, in comparison to the Geelong players, might not handle the occasion, particularly after halftime, quite as well. Sure. Um, for me, I've got the Cats by 21 points, yep. but it's it's as even as it gets at three-quarter time. I think the Cats might just pull away a little bit at the end. Yep. Again, just because big moments, their best players will stand up and, 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 and make sure that they deliver. Um, Swans will be desperate. I mean, the Cats aren't going to get 
an easy goal. And in fact, I reckon it's you're barely going to get 150 points between the two teams. So yep. um, for me, for me, it's a catch, but it's it's not not so easy as what some people are suggesting. Yep, I agree with that. Cuz, give us your tip. Yeah, look, I think this. I think the Swannies by about probably two goals, pretty close. Yep. But my only caveat on that is Sam Rui, just for the role he plays, is just bringing the ball to ground. I thought he was really good in the game on the weekend. Yep. And look, I think having a young side for Sydney, but I think look, they're probably the best side in the comp at bringing in young blokes, teaching them the culture teaching them what AFL standards are and getting them aboard that pretty early. And I think – I don't think they'll be overawed, but as we know, we, we don't know until the day. And, look, I think Geelong have been dominant, but they've had 15 wins in a row, the Cats, and without wanting to sound like glass half full person, they're due, they're due to drop one. So we can't when they won 16 straight 1995, mate. What's that? So were Cartman. They won 16 straight in 1995. They were due to lose one for about six weeks straight. They should have, yeah, apparently, they were meant to lose to us in round 22 that year. They smashed us. They, so, they were, but I, I just think as much as you can only beat who you played, I think the encounter that Sydney had against the Pies will stand in a good stead for this week. I think the easier game in terms of their body would be good for Geelong. But for terms of the pressure, and Sydney will bring the pressure early, I don't think – I think Geelong are good enough to deal with it, but I don't think they'll deal with it on Saturday. Yeah, look, I think the Swans, um, their young bodies have actually been show, have shown that they've taken that resilience of the hard bumps, tackles, pressure uh, week after week now. And I, I just don't th- – I think they've got one more week in them. They're not going to tire. Uh, but I think it's going to be a three-point thriller. Um, with the Swannies getting up, so I'm hoping I'm hoping for a close one. Obviously, as a, um, a few mates and good mates of ours, Rusty uh, from Electric Married, Mad Swanee, um, he he's confident. Justin Nunn on the <laughs> other side, on Justin Nunn on the other side, good friend of ours, well, come on the show a couple of times. He's a mad uh, cat, and he's confident. So great to go in confident. Um, Fair to say, as a demon last year, I was nervous all the story, but we had been there for so long. So these are two great clubs, no doubt. Um, so we wish them all the best. It's going to be, let's just hope that it lives up to um, everything we expect and don't hope that it is a blowout. It was great to be on the winning side of a blowout last year, but um, the spectacle component after three-quarter time kind of uh, all got lost with the grand final. So we move to the biggest questionable part of the uh, grand final, which is always the entertainment. Now, have they chosen right here, boys? Robbie Williams to lead the show. Who why, do we you... give such a... why do we give so much of a shit about this? True. I, I, true. I, don't... I, just, I just get sick and tired of this debate every single year. Like, <laughs> Why do we have it? Here's what I'd love why to do see. We, why, do we, why do we want to... Why do we want to try and Americanize everything? Why do we want to... Sure. Why do we want to follow Hutchie? You know, Hutchie wants all this bullshit glamour and nightlights and all this crap and cheapen, cheapen our contest. You know what? We don't need this entertainment. It's barely worked in any year. The yeah. only time it's worked, as far as I'm concerned, in the last 10 years was the Killers. And that yeah, was only absolutely. after the game. 
Yep. Only after the, game. the after the game concept works really well. It does. That's fine because you need the nighttime atmosphere for a concert, right? The, the, the stuff before the game is crap. It, it, it has been for for decades. I, I, I don't recall. Can you tell me, off hand on heart, you've walked away from a pre-game piece of entertainment in the grand final ever since they started doing it and gone, geez, I remember that year when X just blew the roof off. Like, you yeah, can't. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I can't. That, that's the oh. thing. Like, just get rid of it. I mean, this was going to be my this was going to be my lovey's losers segment. So you've done well here, because the other thing that really pisses me off with this shit, and I'm so glad they decided not to do it, is that shit music between goals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! And the flashy lights and no. Robbie Williams, what's he done for AFL? Yep. What's he done? I did. I did send in a text to SEN today because they were talking about the cancellation. Oh, of course you they, did. Had, they had they had Gil on at eleven o'clock on SEN today. <laughs> I was I was driving, so I, I was going to send a text in, and I was too busy laughing because I thought, love you, just <laughs> I would love for you to call in and just Gil Gil, it's your last year, mate. Thank you for what you've done, but get rid of the fireworks and. <laughs> And the good I would have told him. I would have told him get into up. that. I would have told him get into that hessian sack with all the other potatoes, mate. You've completely stuffed it once again. Piss off. See you yeah. later. This is just bullshit concept. I think Robbie's yeah. a good entertainer, but I agree with you. It's a post-game thing. During the game or before the game, like halftime at halftime of the grand finals when you go and replenish your beer or do what you're doing and whatever. It's why can't we? Why can't we play the reserves before the seniors on Grand Final day? Absolutely. Well, what was well, wrong I, with I that? I would love to see. I would love to see the TAC Cup played first. Yeah. You get there in the morning. TAC Cups on. Um, they get more people to it that day than they do normally, anyway. Correct. Is correct. It? I think the VFL Grand Final then should have been played, and then yep. we go into the AFL Grand Final. Absolutely right. Um, Absolutely spot on. I heard that's spoken about as to why they didn't do it was in relation to, and again, it's the show of the precious world we now live in, or just say it's 10 degrees and pissing down rain on Saturday, or play a welfare in the state of the ground and the spectacle of the sport. No, that's, Guess that's what? bullshit. It's a winter sport. <laughs> we played one We played one game yeah. at an Icon Park in the wet oh. the other day for the VFL. And, yeah, it wasn't a great spectacle. But you know what? There's no. I remember '88 when we got absolutely belted um, by the Hawks. It was pouring rain that day, mate. As a supporter, you're just enjoying the day regardless. Yeah, but um, the only reason, the only reason now they're not playing it before the seniors, before the AFL Grand Final, is because of this bullshit entertainment crap. Yeah. They'd rather put that pus up right instead of having purest football being played beforehand. Well, How good was it? How good would it have been? So just pretend Melbourne played last year at the MCG, yep. right? You had Casey on before Melbourne. Casey would have started at 11.50 in the morning and they finished at 2 o'clock with a premiership. All the home supporters would have got there, happy as you can be, and then they would have watched Melbourne annihilate the dogs in the AFL Grand Final. How good a day would that have been for Melbourne supporters in general terms? Like that, that, That's just 
that that stuff is what should be brought back. None of this music shit. Yeah, and well, it's, all, it's an old happened. school comment, but as you said, it makes for the day as well too. And as it gets you to have a look at blokes who your club might draft if you watch the under the TAC Cup first. Then if you watch the VFL, blokes who are either in the twilight of their careers, you get to see them in front of a big crowd, but also the developing players as they're coming and playing as well. I think it's – to me, there's so many positives for it. And the negative, yeah. they say, is, as you said, Lovey, is, oh, we've got to have the entertainment. Well, I think sadly, sadly it's never going to happen. But you're 100% yeah. right, Lovey. You talked about the Killers was the best after show that we've had in modern years. But it also um, the Killers performed pre-show in the pre-show kind of entertainment, grand final entertainment or halftime, which was absolute rubbish because it was during the day. It doesn't work. Um, yet at night it worked a treat. So we should just be doing an after show function. Um, which is everyone on the ground again and the bands are on, then it's a big celebration. That works. Yeah, still, do they still put the retired players on before the AFL Grand Final? In a, in a, in a um, what do you call I it? Think, I think so. In the Hiluxes yeah. going around the bit, yeah, the so. they still do that? I do think so. Um, there's going to be okay. a hell of a lot of bloody Hiluxes out there this year because there's yeah. so oh. many retirees. I think more than most years. Um, yeah. It just seems that way anyway, and and so many retiring champions uh, of the game. Yeah. So, boys, we've got the tips. Uh, they're in. That's a lock. It's uh, hopefully it's an exciting weekend. That's for sure. Um, any last words before we wrap it up? Norm Smith. Well, I, I have now. Yeah. You two are in the gun with me, <laughs> and Dave Cosmo, who's been inconspicuously quiet the last week or so as well. Um, it sounds like, hang yeah. on a second, we're going to yeah. roll with this because this sounds like it's a... What's going to make our friend Lovey mad today? Lovey loses it. Lovey loses it. Lovey loses it. Yeah. Put you on the spot, Lovey, but I think we've got a segment. Yeah. No, no, look, it, it, it's part two from last week. Let's face it. You guys have had a week to stew on this. Going. And you're still shit, mates. As far you just you're just a bunch of bloody pretenders in my in my brain now. That's it. <laughs> the fact that you can't make the effort to get into my house just for a barbecue is just beyond a joke. It's um I've never known anything like it. And what's even funnier, and we gave Glenn a hard time about this off offline, guys, but Glenn, you're in the gun. You could have given a couple of us shut up. It's my segment. You could have given us. You could have given us the heads up. You were going to go to a certain grand final this year, the Northern Northern Football Grand Final. You chose not to. You didn't let a soul. Just didn't let any of us know, and uh, that was highly disappointing. Just an, an acknowledgement that you're going. Would you like? Would you like to meet us there? That would be ideal. Um, but you. <laughs> the fact that you're <laughs> the fact that you're choosing a fucking caravan over my brand new barbecue, my brand new home, is just an absolute disgrace. And Aaron, you can do your family thing down at the beach anytime you ever want to, mate. This is a once in a lifetime. Free piss, free food, free TV, and you and you're, you're just deciding not to. I just think you, you guys are you're as shallow as it can possibly get. I have, I, I have got an offer for you. I have got an offer for you, Lovey. 
I have got an offer for you, but we'll talk about it off air. So come back, lovey dovey. This is your home now. Come back, lovey dovey. This is your home now. Sick of that fucking thing too. (laughs) (laughs) All right, boys. Norm Smiths. Before we finish, who wins the best on ground in the grand final? I'm going to say Papley because he'll kick a handful. Perfect. Lovey. Question without notice and with notice. Nick. I'm going to go Cam Guthrie. Good player. In a winning or losing team? Well, I said Geelong by 21 points. So... You did. You did. So mm. it'll be interesting because there's no doubt if the Swannies win by three, Cam Guthrie can still win the medal. So who? <laughs> if, if I tell you what, if Guthrie gets 30 plus, Geelong win. Simple as that. He's their engine room now. Yeah, I think um, for me, I'm going to go with the big Budwar that we all want to see oh. with a Norm Smith around his. You, around you're his such a cliche, seriously. <laughs> Absolutely. I, for the spectacle um, of the fact that he's owned last week, and hopefully, I, I just hope he owns one more. And interestingly enough, the press release that came out today mentioning one more brought out very nervous Swans fans thinking he was going to play for one more game. Yeah, the question what, what, is... What do you reckon, what do you reckon it is? Go. So the question, the question is, what's the one more, as we just touched on? Uh, I do believe it's in a year extension. He's signed for one more year. Yep. The question is, does he go around one more year if they win the premiership? Or does he say, boys, that's enough. I've had enough. What's no, I'll, I'll back up. No, so I'll back Buddy Franklin. And if, if he has said that, he will do it. He's, he's yeah. been that the whole way through. Yeah, I, um, I think he's, it, he's been true to his word. It, yeah, I agree with you, Lovey. Yep. It could have been yeah. one more kid. It could Possibly. have been one more, could have been one more, like instead of 1.1 million for the year, it could be 2.1 for next year. Yeah. I mean, one more. It could, it could have meant a lot of things, but no, no, he, he'll. If he says he's signed on the line, then he's done it. That, that, that's that's it. He'll play next year. Yep. So I think um, he does play next year, and they attempt to go back to back. There's there's my uh, little philosophy against the demons. So let's see. But here we go. So you're telling me there's a chance? Yeah. Rolling them all out tonight. <laughs> And thanks to um, uh, thanks to our show sponsor, Gaz oh no. Global Pizza. Thanks for hooking up that deal for us, Gaz. Look after us, boys, on uh, Grand Final Day or Eve. Gone. How's he looking after us? Where's mine? Cuz is going to deliver it personally. Oh, nice. GF day. Looking forward to it. Has he still got the press to deliver it in or not? What's the, what's the go? Press. If you're going to pop my car, at least pop the right car. <laughs> I've got rid of the Yaris and I now drive a... Oh, the Yaris. Sorry. <laughs> Yaris Prius. Come on, mate. Hello, the sponsor, Toyota. All right, boys. That has been the AFL Grand Final Edition. Uh, it's an exciting week, no doubt. Um, thanks to everyone that's been involved. Show episode 84. And thanks to all these people that have come on. So what's been happening? Have a good week, boys. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the game. No doubt. We're going to some messages. See you, boys. Guys, funny. Enjoy.